Nice haircut, Mike Brunhead. Hey, thank you very much. You got, you're a little late on your summer cut, though. <laughs> Listen, this is this. most of this, I have to tell you, is God's haircut. This is what he's doing to my head. So I'm just going with it. <laughs> <laughs> Looks good. I'm just giving up is what's happening, Jamie. Um, good morning, everyone, uh, and, and thanks for being here. Before we get started with the big news of the day, I want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you to everyone who helped out with the Phoenix Children's Hospital Giveathon. It was a tremendous success to find out the news later on or late on Friday that we had crossed the $2 million mark, especially in an economy like we're in right now where people are hurting. It is an amazing accomplishment and success story. And thank you from the bottom of my heart to all of our corporate partners, to everybody here I work with, but especially to you for your giving and your kindness and your benevolence. So uh, I will look forward to it again next year. But I want to start the show off by thanking you very much. It is an expensive proposition to uh, staff that hospital and to keep it running and the great work that they do for us to be able to be a small part of it, you included, is an amazing thing. And I hope you'll be mindful of them with your giving throughout the year. Um, As we start the show this morning, uh, what I had planned on talking about right out of the gate was uh, the cost to raise a child is now up over $1,500 a year. Um, Everything is getting more expensive. The average family is spending and spending and spending. And people are very concerned about the direction of the economy. A very big, very important story. But I think also the story about the uh, what this just kind of broke this morning, Judge Reinhardt, who was the judge looking into the releasing of the affidavit for searching former President Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago. He has now rejected a DOJ argument to keep the Trump affidavit sealed and called the raid unprecedented. So I just want to read the very beginning of this story and what he said. The government argues that even requiring it to redact portions of the affidavit that could not reveal agent identities or investigative resources and methods imposes an undue burden on its resources and sets a precedent that could be disruptive and burdensome in future cases. Reinhardt wrote, I do not need to reach the question of whether if some in some other cases, these concerns could be justified denying public access. That's they very well might, particularly given the intense public and historic interest in an unprecedented search of a former president's residence. The government has not yet shown that these administrative concerns are sufficient to justify sealing. So there may be some redactions. We don't know what that's going to be. We don't know what's in it. And I will tell you, I have reserved judgment. I am reserving judgment on what happened until I learn more. You know, I have been oh, – I'm very um, open-minded to this, and I try to stay this way. If we hold on to a set of ideals and we don't hold on to people, we're better off. And what I mean by that, it's not easy to do, I, and I'm, I fail at it more than I'm, than I'm good at it. But I was incensed at how cavalier um, Hillary Clinton was, not only with what she did with thousands of documents. I was very incensed with the cavalier attitude she took about wiping a, a, a server completely clean and how she thumbed her nose at the government and how I thought there should have been more done about it. That in mind, if the former president of the United States did basically the same thing, thumbed his nose, or is able to get away with something based on a technicality, because technically a president can uh, can declassify any document he wants to any time he wants to, and we keep hearing that there was a standing order to declassify documents at Mar, you know, when the, that the president had, which then technically means he didn't break the law, but. That doesn't mean he didn't do anything wrong necessarily. So I'm withholding judgment on that until we learn more. 
But what we do know and what I do know is hearing from people that I know who served in the FBI for well over 30 years, uh, people with years and years and years of experience, not only getting search warrants, but working out of the Washington field office, not only getting search warrants, but also how those search warrants are affected, how they are carried out. I'm hearing from multiple people that this is not the way it's normally done, that this is something very different. The other side of this that I'm not letting them off the hook for, and maybe you maybe you agree with me, maybe you don't, is that I don't think there's nobility in what they're doing. I don't put it past people with their political ambitions that their their ambition is to destroy any chance of Donald Trump running for office again. What they've done is helped him. Within the Republican Party, his numbers are up about 10 points from where they were before the raid, before the uh, search warrant. So that's backfired. Merrick Garland and uh, the Department of Justice are not trusted by a large segment of the American people. Now, to those that trust them and those that like what happened, they don't care what the other side thinks. But I will say to you that when you set a precedent like this, when we don't question – now, I will say uh, – I guess I should back up. I am not shouting defund the FBI. I think it's ludicrous for all of us on my side of the political aisle that have been screaming at the left about defund the police, defund the police, defund the police, that it isn't the entire um, profession of law enforcement that's the problem, that there are some individuals that are a problem. I would say that to say that an entire agency needs to be defunded based on this action, and it isn't just this. There's a lot more that's happened. But if you're saying defund a law enforcement agency, I think you're going too far. That's just my opinion. That what you have is when people are weaponizing an agency, then you have to ask yourself, uh, what do we do about that? If you go back, and let's look at the other side of this, go back years when Joe Arpaio was the sheriff of Maricopa County. There were some actions taken by the sheriff's office along with the county attorney's office at the time and a man named Andrew Thomas who was the county attorney. I think they went in and took all the computers uh, and with a warrant, took all the computers from the county board of supervisors' offices. Uh, there was also the fight with Joe Arpaio's office and the federal government and Barack Obama was president on whether or not they had the authority to do some of the things they were doing when it came to business raids and others. And their ability, their, their um, authorization to enforce immigration laws had been pulled by the federal government. And there were a lot of people on the opposite side of the aisle from me that were screaming – that that agency should be taken over by the federal government. And people on my side of the aisle said, listen, that's going way too far. Well, now it's happening in reverse. Now it's happening in reverse. I think leadership at the FBI has got a lot of questions to answer. If leadership at the FBI, and this is just my understanding of how it's supposed to work – the leaders of the FBI are bureaucrats. By nature, they're politicians, and they know that. That's not an insult. That's what they are. The leadership of the FBI deals with the government. They deal with things of that nature, budgets and things of that nature. Their job is to make sure that the politics of some of their investigations doesn't filter down to the investigators. In other words, if you have a Democrat in power and a Democrat is being investigated, you are supposed to step in and not allow the bureaucrats and the politicians on the Democratic side of the aisle to influence that investigation. Your job is to field that, is to run interference 
so it doesn't go down to investigators and vice versa. If you have a Republican being investigated during a Democrat or do the other way around, a Democrat being investigated during a Republican administration, leadership at the FBI is to run interference so that the agents can do a fair and thorough investigation. So now if leadership at the FBI is giving orders and allowing the weaponizing of the FBI to do political bidding, if this is something and the questions being asked are, why didn't you just issue another subpoena back in June, was it June, I think this year, last year, June, um, the Trump administration was given a subpoena for a bunch of documents. Trump lawyers, along with federal agents, went through the documents and gave the federal government the documents that they wanted. And if you want more documents, why wasn't a subpoena issued and then have it done that way? When you have a raid at a former president's home or anybody's home, you are giving the impression that something nefarious is going on and that if you didn't do it this way, evidence would have been destroyed. Now, there are those out there that think that's exactly what would have happened, but the federal government so far hasn't shown what they wanted, what the urgency was, and that's what releasing this affidavit will do. And for anybody out there that's jumping to conclusions on either side here, I think you're doing yourself and everybody else a disservice because if you trust that what's happening with Merrick Garland and the Biden administration and what you've witnessed from Nancy Pelosi and Jerry Nadler and Adam Schiff, though the investigations and the attempt to destroy the former president are absolutely real. And there are a lot of people in this country that believe he needs to be politically destroyed, that there never needs to be a chance of him ever running for office again. But using a federal agency or in the case of Nancy Pelosi, using two committees in the House of Representatives to continue to do ongoing investigations, even people that don't like Donald Trump see this as an, as a, an attack on him, that they are treating him unfairly. So I'm anxious to see what's in this affidavit. And how justified America sees it as being in affecting this. There's a difference between having the right to do something and doing the right thing. And we're going to find out. We're going to find out sooner rather than later. And, you know, just like you say with with President Trump, he may legally have standing to do what he did. But you're going to say, all right, that's a technicality. There's a difference between doing the right thing and having a right to do something. I would say to you, if you think that way, fair. But you got to think about it the other way as well. Did they have the right to do what they did at the Justice Department and the FBI? And was it the right thing to do? And we'll find out who, how, what the answers to those questions are, I believe, or at least a little closer look into it. In a moment, um, we're going to talk about the border. A couple of significant things are happening that I think people in border states are really going to be concerned about. So we're going to get to those two things coming up in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, I appreciate you spending some time with me this morning. NPR, Ipsos poll. Majority of Americans believe there's an invasion at the southwest border. Not even an immigration issue anymore. This is a very lengthy poll. I printed out uh, half the pages in the poll. Um, but it was the poll was conducted between July 28th and 29th, 1116 U.S. adults. They described it as most Americans are buying into the idea of an invasion at the southern border itself, a form of spin. When the, was the last time you heard of polling outfit talking about how many citizens are buying into the idea? 
idea of a second Biden presidency, for example. So this is uh, declining support for immigration in the U.S. And there's a couple of problems here. I want to read some of the headlines of what has people concerned. Um, One of them is uh, the Biden plans to use taxpayer money to fund Amtrak to send illegal aliens to American towns. Now, so let's jump off that for just a moment before I go on with the headlines. So when you hear the mayor of New York and the mayor of Washington, D.C. criticizing the governor of Texas for sending people by bus to their cities and calling and inhumane treatment and all this other stuff. What do they have to say about the Biden administration putting them on trains? Well, you know what they're going to say. Uh, DACA 2.0, Biden releases 250,000 unaccompanied migrant children into the U.S. So we're going to get to these in just a moment. But when you look at a poll where people are beginning to have second thoughts about immigration into this country, this is obviously the opposite effect of what this administration wants. But we are beginning to blur the lines as a society, not just in the verbiage that people use, because that's the first part of it, is the misidentification. There is a stark contrast between legal and illegal immigration. They're not all migrants. Uh, And when we call them all migrants, it lumps everybody together. And what's happening is there is a dip with American citizens and the desire for immigrants into this country. And I think that's a tragedy. I will tell you I think that's a tragedy. I think immigration into the United States is what makes us a great country. All of us came here from somewhere at some point in our family. Go look through your family history. And many of us put that marker on our family of when when they came here, when our families came to the shores of the U.S. to start a new life. And I've got many immigrant friends uh, that I admire, and I, I still firmly believe it will be legal immigrants to this country that save it. I think that the work that it takes to become a U.S. citizen and the difference from where they've come from to where they are and their willingness and their ability to tell you about the difference is what will make this world or this country a different place. And when you have everyday Americans who are not racist, they're not xenophobic, they're not any of those things, but what they are seeing at the border now, they want to stop. So they are talking about the discussion is happening of whether we should limit or stop immigration at our border. Should we put up a big wall without a door? I think that would be a tragedy if it ever happened. But unless we make a designation between legal and illegal immigration – Unless we make a distinction between someone who comes to this country the right way, gets the green card, on a path to being a citizen, does the work, spends the money, takes the time, passes the test, and swears in as an American citizen. Unless we make a designation between them, not a moral designation of, uh, of humanity, but a moral designation of what they've done. They have obeyed American laws and taken steps to become an American citizen. They should be held up in the highest regard by people that were born here like myself. To renounce the citizenship of the country you were born in, to become an American citizen – is a great compliment to America, and I think they're a great asset to America. But when you come here illegally, and I understand that there are many people in desperate places that feel like they have no other option, and those are the people in our country that we give refuge to. We have refugee programs. We have asylum programs. But that system is being abused, and we know that system is being abused. Now you add into that 250,000 undocumented children 
We haven't even solved the Dreamer issue in America. The DREAM Act, the DACA program set forth by President Obama, has not even been resolved in the courts of the United States. And we are creating, I've been saying this for years now, the next generation of DREAMers. We have 250,000 more children now that have been brought into this country illegally. They are in this country as undocumented migrants. That's their label. So we have not only have not only have we not solved the problem of the dreamers and what we're going to do with those children that are now adults. We've got the next generation here. So Americans have every right to feel as if we have been violated, if we have been invaded. Um, And then you mix in with that the violence we've seen in recent weeks. The cartels have shown who they are. The violence in the U.S. from the cartels, the violence in Mexico, military in the streets, lockdowns, warnings from the State Department of Violence in Mexico, gang activity on our side of the border. If we don't get a handle on this, we are going to regret this for generations. My biggest regret in this will be that my grandchildren will be dealing with this and not in a civil way. Our grandchildren will deal with the fallout of this if we don't handle it now. And we should not be doing that to our grandchildren or the grandchildren of the people that are coming here illegally. We've got to do it the right way, and we haven't so far. In a moment, Gatos joins me. It's the Big Q poll question of the day, so please stick around for that. The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. Happy Monday. What's going on? Man, I'm just, uh, I just want to say congrats. Two million. That was a great number to be shouting out. Hey, congrats to everybody who gave, right? I know. It was, uh, it was crazy, man. We got word at 5 o'clock that, I don't know if I should be saying this, but we got word at 5 o'clock we were short. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard, and you guys, you guys did some good work on that show because you guys, everybody involved, did such a great job. But you guys got it pushed over the top. It was yeah, great. I mean, you know, just uh, just uh, asking people to give for the kids. Uh, it's it, you know, it's it's something that Arizona always does, and they've done it for so many years. I mean, the, the valley always comes through, and we seem to always hit our our new goal. And uh, uh, yeah, it was it was awesome. I mean, can't I can't believe it was two million. I, it's really it's almost hard to believe, but it was awesome. It was there was a lot of energy going on Friday night, and uh, you know you're you're asking for money, and the phones are going absolutely crazy, and I think people wanted to get to the two million, and uh, you know it costs two point six to run that hospital every day. So. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it, was, it, isn't it, it interesting good. too? Um, at a time when we know people are hurting, that the average family, more people are getting food boxes than ever before. There's families yeah. that have food insecurities and gas prices and food. Prices Prices are going up. Everybody seems to have an issue that they're concerned about, but this community still gives so much. That's what I love about stuff like this. We had a we had a text. The guy said, "Listen, I'm embarrassed. I I have ten dollars. I'm embarrassed to even give it." And I texted him back and I said, no, "Are you kidding me? Uh, your ten dollars." is going to go a long way and there was a triple match while it was happening and i said that's you know that's 30 bucks i go you got 10 bucks and you actually want to give it that's the difference that means more than anything yeah when you when it's the only thing you have yeah that's pretty amazing 
pretty amazing. Uh, uh, what do you got I for got a, Q? I got a good Q for you. All right. Uh, an NBC News poll finds threats to democracy has overtaken the economy as the top issue for voters. Do you agree? I don't know what the big issue is going to be. People say it could be abortion. It could be the economy. Usually it's always the economy. Yep. But we've got these conspiracy theorists out there who are running for big-time office right here in Arizona. And, you know, if you're an election denier, you're, in my opinion, you're unfit for office. doesn't mean that the other party's doing anything right. It just means you're unfit for office. I think people are starting to come around that this threat to democracy, these people who are hanging out with the my pillow guy not good not good and that's why this this has moved up in the polls i don't know if it'll stay like that um but you know the threat to democracy has started to you know really creep up the ladder so we'll see yeah i don't know and I would say also it mix in that the other side of this is the FBI, and now that they're probably going to uh, release part of that um, that affidavit for searching the former president's home, I think on both sides of the aisle they have a lot of that where there's a big concern about government getting too big and being too intrusive and uh, and a threat to our real answers, which is us, the electorate. Yeah. Tell me what what Trump did. If it was bad, let's nail him. Right. If not, let's move on. Absolutely. Great question, Gatos. All right, man. I'll talk to you. All right. The Big Q poll question of the day brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Coming up just after 9 o'clock, an interesting conversation. We have got the Inflation Reduction Act that includes a lot about prescription drugs. We're going to speak with uh, Teresa Dickinson, who has the Melrose Pharmacy here in town. That's coming up.